Welcome to the conversation from St. Patrick's Studio. My name is Brian Cannon. Today, we are joined by a true creative, a storyteller, a composer, a singer, a performer. She's internationally acclaimed. She's got all the degrees and all of the honors, and she will be joining us here at St. Patrick Catholic Community at the end of January for our Home Field Advantage Conference. It is a joy and honor to have a conversation today with Valimar Jansen. Valimar, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Brian, for inviting me. I'm really thrilled. And I looked at a lot of the past speakers that you've had, and I am honored to be in such company. So let's just get this ball rolling right off the bat. What is giving you creative energy these days? I believe my creativity is, is the, the creative juices are flowing because of the times that we're living in. And that I feel, and I'm sure that everyone that really are truly activated to live life to the fullest, felt that they were living in the, the most challenging and the best of times where they could really make a true impact on, on civilization and on whatever community that they're in. And I feel that's where I am now. So I am, I am um, motivated and I am stimulated and I am fired up because of the times that we're living in. I feel that these are historic times and I feel honored. I feel privileged that God has blessed me to be on earth and to be a part of, of historic moments in, in human civilization. I feel that that's where we are. As being a person that's experienced you in person, like for example, if you've been to LA Congress, then likely you've had an encounter <laughs> with, yes. with Valimar Jansen. And one of the ways that you describe yourself is like, yes, you're a professor, but you're a catechist at heart. And I think sometimes we get this vision of what catechesis or evangelization or whatever the word is of the day, what that looks like. And for when I grew up, it was you get in a room that looks a lot like a classroom at your church. You mm -hmm. have a person who looks a lot like a teacher doing what looks a lot like schoolwork. You know, <laughs> you've got like, you've got worksheets and things like that, but, but you are a catechist, right? but your yeah. style is very different. So, so how do you see yourself in fulfilling that role of evangelization in your unique way? What are the descriptions in the documents about uh, catechesis is that catechists are experts in accompaniment. Hmm. And to me, that kind of sums up uh, the way I feel about catechesis. I feel that if we are truly living as missionary disciples, all of us are catechists. All of us are, because when you think about it, a lot of the things that you learned about how to live life, you did not learn sitting in a classroom. You learn by observing people around you, listening, overhearing conversations, watching and experiencing people, the, the workings of people and how people are relating to one another. A lot that you learned about relationship, you don't learn from reading the word of God. You learn from watching how your mom relates to your dad or your sister relates to you and, and you relating to other people. So a lot of what we learn, we learn through what we observe and what we experience. And if that's the case, then everything I say, everything that I do, how I live my life 
is catechesis hmm. to those around me who are observing me and who are walking with me as a companion on the journey. So I think that's how I, um, I sum up my style is that I, I, I don't want to be that professor who's, I mean, I'm filled with all these knowledge and all these letters before and behind my name and I'm here to, no, but I, I want to share with you in an egalitarian way, you know, what I'm experiencing and I am learning from you just as you are learning from me. So as pilgrims linking arms, walking in the journey, we are actually teaching one another about how to live a life that is victorious in the love of God. And I, and I, I think that when, it, when I take that approach to it, people have a different sense of, um, of experiencing a, a, an event that I'm doing or a presentation because they're as, like for instance, when I do storytelling, the people who are listening to me tell the story, I do it in a way that we are telling the story together. Now, if you've ever experienced me, you know that there are many times where the quote unquote audience has yes. something to say. And it's so strange for a lot of Roman Catholics because you're supposed to you know, come in, sit with your hands in your lap and look straight forward. You know? <laughs> and so when, you, when you're experiencing me and I'm saying, turn to the person next to you and say, God loves you. God, you're like, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm supposed to talk to the person next to me? No, that's, I'm, I'm Roman Catholic. This, is this a Baptist experience? What's happening here? You know, but I believe, not but, and I believe that we are telling the story. We are breaking open the story. We are telling the story together whenever I'm doing it. So there's always a part that you as an audience member has to say, even if I say, and Jesus knelt down in the dirt and he, and the audience will say, spat. <laughs> How often do you get to say spat in the dirt <laughs> inside of a Catholic church? Right? All right, now rub <laughs> mud in the eyes of your neighbor. <laughs> but I love, it's, it's telling the story in a way that, um, you realize, oh, I know this story. You do. You've heard it, you know, over and over again. If it's if it's one of the scrutinies, you've heard it every year, you know, or or you've heard it at least once every three years. You've heard that scripture. You know that, and it's it's um, exciting because it reminds us that we know more than we give ourselves credit for knowing, and so a lot of the lesson. A lot of the word is in us and I'm there just to help it through my effervescent personality bubble to the top, you know, and, and to experience it together. And I, and I think that's my style. That's um, I'm excited because being a person of African descent, when we gather, it is not spectator and observer. When we gather, it's always participants. We're all participants. And I think that comes from um, just culturally how I was raised. You, you, you know, you, you, bring, you, you bring to the service that which you bring to the mass, you bring to, well, you know, I was raised Baptist. So you bring to the service, you don't just go there and expect God to give you something. No, what did you bring? What did you, and if you didn't bring much, you're not going to get much. You know, right. <laughs> and so a lot of, of and I'm, I'm a confirmed 
uh, I am a, a Roman Catholic, you know, I'm a convert. And I know that when I go to mass, I have to bring something to mass to get something out of mass, you know? So it's, it's that kind of um, feeling that I have even for events. When I do events, bring something, bring yourself. Now bring your voice, bring your enthusiasm, get involved. And, and I've seen so many times, Brian, where people will come like this because it's so different what they're experiencing. They, they start yeah, there's out, a lot of dads that like to. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and by the time we finish, they're like, they're looking at and they're looking at their children and like and the children are looking at them like is that my dad you know that can't be can't be valimar you are gonna fit in perfectly at saint patrick oh, because, because this is a i I'm, I'm so glad that you drew out like what are you bringing into it like that the the bread and wine come down the aisle for a reason you know there's an offering that we bring and sometimes we get so focused on what we're getting out of something Right. And, and I'm glad that you brought up storytelling, too, and your unique perspective in it, because I think the stories that we choose to tell says a lot about us. Yeah. The, the, the story tell, says a lot about the storyteller. And so I'm, I'm interested in the stories that you choose to tell and what they say about you. You often um, you have a very powerful portrayal of the woman at the well that you do. Um, your, your one woman shows of, of Sister Thea Bowman, who for a lot of Catholics remains an undiscovered potential saint, you know, and, uh, or, or even, you know, your one woman show of Ethel Waters, the, the iconic performer who has these themes of reconciliation. So what draws you to these stories that you tell? What draws me is that there's stories that I feel are universal stories that that the themes are ones that we center our lives around as Eucharistic people. Take for instance, the story that the one woman show of the life of Ethel Waters, who was a blues singer in her younger years. And the, her later years, she was that famous woman who followed the Billy Graham's crusade and she sang um, his eyes on a sparrow. You know, she's that yeah. person. She was actually the, um, the product of her mother being abused right. and her mother didn't want her. And the grandmother said, give her to me, still have the baby, still have the baby. You know, her mother was assaulted and ended up having Ethel and she didn't want to look at her, didn't want to touch her. But the mother, the grandmother said, I will take her and I will be her mother. You know, so that whole idea, not idea, the, that whole belief that we have that every single life is precious and um, every single life is, is spoken into existence by God. And that baby had a right to life, regardless of how the baby came to be into being, the baby has a right to live, you know? And then how that the whole story of reconciliation, how at the end of her mother's life, she and her daughter, you know, they reconciled, even though the mother went through all those years, not being able to look at her, not being able to don't want to have anything, but because of the love of God and because of the faith of the grandmother and what the grandmother taught Ethel about God and about love and about reconciliation, she was still, she never gave up. 
She never gave up into in wanting to be um, one with her mother. And at the end of her mother's life, they did reconcile. So for me, that story of never giving up, and, and there are some families where people don't talk to each other for years. So it's, it's a, a lesson and it's a, um, and so there are all those different kinds of lessons in, in this one woman show that I, that I do, you know, ab about not giving up on love. She loved her mother. She wasn't, cause that's her mother. That's where she came from. And she never gave up on, on love and wanting her mother to love her back or to at least reconcile with her existence. Um, and there's so many lessons in each of the stories that I tell that draw me to that particular story. The thing that drew me to that story was the song. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home when Jesus is my portion? My constant friend is he, his eye is on a sparrow. So I know he watches me. And that was her favorite song. And she sang that song. That was her signature song in sacred music, Ethel Waters. So that's what drew me to her story is that she realized even as a little girl, God's eye is on her. Because if God, his eyes on the on birds, of course, he's going to value me. You know, even though I'm a throwaway kid, but God values me. And so that's that song that her grandmother taught her, took her through her entire life. And it sums up how I feel when Jesus says, you know, don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about where you're going to live or how you're going to eat. Look at the birds and look at the lilies of the field. They're clothed in glory. Don't I, don't, doesn't God take care of them? God will take care of you. Seek First, the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added unto you. So if we seek that relationship with God first, then everything else in our life will fall into place. And that's what happened to her. She sought a relationship with God and, and then everything began to fall into place in her life. So that's what drew me to her story. I'm drawn to um, different stories in, in different ways to, to tell them in, in unique and ways that will make people, wait a minute, I've heard this before, I just never heard it like that. You know, for instance, telling the story of the, the man born blind and how Jesus healed him, telling it from the perspective of the nosy neighbor. <laughs> We've all got one. <laughs> that nosy neighbor who's a gossip, you know, so to tell it from her perspective or to tell the story of the raising of Lazarus from the perspective of Martha. Yeah. you know, who had many experiences with Jesus and was very upset. She, she took care of business. She sent him a message when, when, when Lazarus was sick and said, come Jesus, you know, our, your dear friend Lazarus, our bro my brother, he's, he's ill, can you come? And he didn't come. You know, and he, where was he? He wasn't and that so far it, away. He wasn't that far away. No. And yet, you know, to, to tell the story from her perspective and how that changed her belief because out of her mouth came, yes, Lord, I do believe that you are the Christ, the son of the living God, you know? And she knew what she was asking when she said, I, I, I know he's gonna rise again on the last day, but I also know that if you ask God, 
God will give you whatever you want. So she was asking him in a sense, come on, come raise my brother from the dead, you know? So to, to see that kind of, um, of journey, faith journey of Martha and to watch her come into the realization that she was looking at the, the Lord of life himself, you know? the son of God, you know, so I, I love telling the story in different ways. Uh, the, the road to Emmaus, I say, why couldn't the unnamed disciple be Clopas's wife? <laughs> why not? It's unnamed. So to tell the story from her perspective, walking along the road with her husband. So yeah, I, I think different things draw me to the stories to tell them in ways that um, will make you laugh, mm -hmm. will make you cry. And at the same time, especially to make you laugh because while you're laughing, it's going deep. When you're experiencing great emotion, the message is going deep. So to tell the stories in a way that evoke great emotion so that the stories go deeply in us and, and to make it put you on tilt, like to make you think of it in a different way. Yeah. I think that gift of perspective is so valuable because, and you mentioned, you've heard these stories before, right? Especially the scriptural stories. We're on a, we're on a schedule. I don't know if you notice this about Catholics, but we're on a calendar. Yeah, <laughs> We've yeah. got it all laid out. Right. And, but I'm in a different place. Each time I hear it, I have a different perspective. Sometimes I'm the prodigal son. Sometimes I'm the older son. Sometimes I'm the, the hired hand on the farm that's watching it all happen. Right. And so that idea of making it accessible, because sometimes as Catholics, I think we feel like less participants and more outside observers. Like th these are stories of a different time and a different place that don't necessarily speak to me. Yeah. Um, and, and you talked, you've talked about from a very early age, music as being this entryway for you into some of these stories. And you even just mentioned it now with, uh, with Ethel Waters, like, you know, his eyes on the sparrow being sort of like a native language for you, music. Yeah. And I think some people might be searching for their place, for their entryway. How do they, you know, I'm, I'm not the most musical man on the planet, right? But, but what would you say to people who are searchers like that, who are trying to find their place and might feel on the outside looking in? What fires you up? Hmm. What what excites you if i'm trying not to get too emotional about this because my husband is on a journey a healing journey from cancer to restoration but if you were faced with being told okay you have this finite amount of time and notice i'm not filling it in because i don't i, I don't want you do, I don't want to fill it in, but in a, if a person is told you have this amount of time left to do whatever you got to do, so take care of business, what would that business be? So what would, what is the most important thing to you if you were told you got this much time, get your house in order, you know, yep. what would you want to accomplish? What would you want to do? That is where your passion is. That is where your greatest love is. And if it's, oh, I've always wanted to write a book of poetry. Okay, well, you got this amount of time, get to writing it, you know, okay. or I've always wanted to 
build a boat. You know, you, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. You know how many people you can bring to understand the love of God by watching you build your boat? Because your neighbors will be like, what are you doing? You, 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 yeah, I'm going to build it right out here in the front yard where everybody right. always wanted to build a boat. And then all of a sudden people start coming by saying, do you need anything? Yeah. Why don't you get over there and get the, get the sander for me, you know? And all of a sudden you're having these conversations and just building the boat and people start asking you about your life. And you start talking about all of the wonderful things that have happened in your life. Some of your challenges. So yeah, you can God use me if my passion is to build a boat? Yes. Yes. God can use your, whatever it is that you love to do. God can use that for the glory of God, no matter what it is. I truly believe that because there, I am not everybody's cup of tea. I understand that. Not everybody loves opera, but there's some people don't play anything else for me but opera. Right. Right? I cannot stand Co-train in the morning. <laughs> and Co-train was a genius. My daughter loved listening to Co-train in the morning to get her up and get her going. And I was like, oh, that's driving me crazy. But it did it for her. Yeah. You know, so we each have, we're each called... To, to add our piece of puzzle to the human civilization. Yeah. We each have a very special, I believe, very special reason to be here. And, and even if it's for just those two people over there, if that's the reason you are here for those two people, those two people are really important to God. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And I, I think a lot of people say, oh, I, I'm not going to yeah. be able to, uh, I'm not going to, you know, Tom Booth or, you know, some of the other people you've had, they can, they've, they've ministered to thousands right. of people and they've touched thousands of people's lives. Oh, look at, you know, Nelson Mandela. He was a man who touched uh, Elon Musk. He's like the, the time man of the year. He, so who am I? I'm just, if it's just your family. And if that's just one person, yeah. if your life made a major difference to that one person, that one person to God is worth the universe. That's it. That's right. And I think that, you know, and, and people will often say, you know, I, I want to change the world or, you know, I want to have that kind of global impact. Well, you know what, if you change one person, you change that person's whole world. You know, mm -hmm. that, that person's entire outlook on life, right? And I, I think you're drawing out something very important, which is our deepest desires and God's will fit, yeah. right? And, and I think that's, that's the story of the woman at the well, right? You keep coming back to this well and you keep getting thirsty again. What is it that you're really thirsty for, right? Yeah. To love and to be loved. That's the deepest desire she has. She's settling for some sort of superficial relationships and she keeps getting thirsty again for that. But yeah. but God can satisfy. So how about if I give you living water? Right? Well, you, you don't have to be thirsty again because your deepest desire and my will for your life fit. 
And I think that's so beautiful what you've drawn out. Like if it's building a boat, that's God's will for your life, then, then that's what you, not even what you should do. That's what you have to do. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, for one uh, parent, I know it was surfing. His, his, that's all his son wanted to do was just yeah. surf. And all over the world, surf every ocean. But imagine all the people that he comes into contact with right. on a plane and and then he can say, you know, I've been watching the oceans change for the last 20 years in yeah. surf. You have, in what way? Then all of a sudden you're talking about our um, commission from God to care for earth and to be good stewards over earth. Are we taking really good care of the ocean? You know, and, mm-hmm. and so, so there, there's so many ways and, and you don't even have to say God, you don't even be. I don't know if that person is even religious. I just know that his son was a surfer and he wanted to surf every ocean. So he began to know everything about every ocean, all the currents, all he'd had almost like a meteorologist. He knew all this information. And so he's able to share with people how the oceans are changing. And so that in in a sense is um, being used as an instrument um, because God wants us to be good stewards over earth. You know, so it doesn't, to me, it really matters most to God that whatever your passion is, whatever that answer to the question is, when I say you only have this much time, what are you going to do with it? What, what, what is the, what is the mark you want to make? Whatever that answer is, that's what's important to God that you do. That's right. And we have to go on this profound kind of journey of self-discovery in order to, to know that we have to know who God has created us to be. And I think through the storytelling that you do by, by encouraging people to see themselves as part of that plan, that they're not outside observers, but they're like the puzzle piece, I think is a perfect analogy for that. It's like God's reign is the puzzle, right? The, you set up the box and you see the picture, right? Of what's intended. And the more of us that find our place, the easier it becomes for those around us to see God's purpose in their own lives. And then the, the vision of God's reign on earth becomes more clear. So um, just kind of to round out our conversation uh, today, what are you excited about? What's, what's next in, in your ministry uh, that's really given you um, the energy to, to be excited about the future? I'm excited about how the experience of the last two years is changing how I tell the stories that I've always told and the new stories that I'm telling. The experience of George Floyd and the whole new civil rights movement, the experience of the change of the climate on our planet, the experience of of the pandemic of 2020 through 2023, because I believe it, that's when it will start to, to tail off, you know, and, and how has that changed? I'm excited because I have new ways of looking at the same stories, right. new ways of interpreting the experience of walking from cancer to wholeness with my husband. It's made me see the scriptures differently. Um, and understand healing in a different way and understand what it means truly to walk as a companion and a caregiver. 
And so if I have that same energy of caregiving to my husband, how does that spill over in caregiving of the ministry gods, you know, entrusted to me or caregiving of, of myself as a parishioner? You know, what is my responsibility as a parishioner? What is my responsibility to my neighbors? It, it you know, what is my caregiving to my neighborhood? It, it's starting to make me see things in, in such a, an incredibly different way. So I, I, to interpret these scriptures in a different way, I'm excited. I'm excited because I know that the daily experiences that I'm having are going to change the way I see the stories and, and I'm developing new stories because of all that we've been through over the last two years, it's changed how we're gonna hear the stories, right? I agree. I think I think um, the key of experience unlocks understanding. And mm-hmm. in what you said about, you know, the, the racial injustice awareness, the uh, pandemic experience that we've shared, all of these things are going to give rise to new voices and new understandings that I agree, I shared the excitement to, how do we then interpret that as a community and, um, and what will be unlocked for us in, in, in the gospel, in discipleship, in evangelization, and all of the things that we're called to do as followers of Jesus, what will that look like in the future in light of what we have experienced? I think that is intensely exciting. Yeah. So, I'm with you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Let's go. And convincing everyone that I meet that they are important because they are living in a historic time in human history. That's exciting. To, and that to, we're the disciples that, that God chose to be here during be this. Be here right now in this moment, God chose us, God chose you to be here on the planet right now during this historic moment for the planet. It's exciting. Yeah. Okay, it's guys. It's a little daunting too, be I know it's daunting, but it's like, what you want me to do? Okay, let me get to work. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. So <laughs> now that I'm all fired up, ready to go, then I just want to thank you so much, Valimar, for spending this time with us. Um, and, and we're so looking forward to having you here at St. Patrick Catholic Community. January 29th here for our Home Field Advantage Conference. It's going to be a blessed morning, just fun, energetic, Yes. Lots of love to share, lots of stories, and I'm just really grateful that you took the time to to be with us today. Thank you so much. I am so, so grateful, and I wish everyone the most blessed, blessed Christmas as it comes into as we receive Christ anew, and he's born anew in our hearts and in our lives. Amen. This has been The Conversation with St. Patrick's Studio, and we will see you next time.